Hello, 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 everyone. We have not done this in a very long time because I have been working on projects. And so over the summer, what we did was kind of went back through some fundamental episodes that are going to kind of, not kind of, that are going to help you get yourself together as you move into 2024. But today I had some time. We are probably all starting somewhat of a holiday break. And I wanted to specifically come in and have a conversation all around <clears throat> surviving a micromanager because inherently through some of the projects that I've been working on most recently and the people that I've been working with most recently, one of the most detrimental behaviors that I've seen on a particular team that I've had to work with is uh, dealing with a micromanager and looking at the devastating effects that it has on the team. And it's really funny because when you are dealing with a micromanager, you don't, the person that's micromanaging doesn't necessarily know that they are eroding the dynamics of the team. So I did a two-part article not too long ago. The first article was talking about um, if you're a micromanager, signs you're a micromanager and how to stop driving everybody crazy. And then about a week later, I did an article about micromanaged much, meaning like if you are the person on the receiving end of this micromanager, then what is it that you can do to get a little bit of breathing room from this person? Now, before I get started, I do want to check LinkedIn just to make sure that everything is streaming. Okay. Since we haven't done one of these in a little while, um, it looks like it's going okay. Let's see. Let's make sure. All right. Yeah. It looks like it's going okay. So let's go ahead and get started so that we can move on. It is Friday. <laughs> we all have stuff to do. So I'm basically going over some of the notes that I have from the podcast episode because I want to go a little bit more depth in depth about what you can do if you are being micromanaged because what seems like a tactic or a strategy to lead in your personal and your professional life can end up being something that actually is more eroding than you think. So before we dive into what to do about cer certain situations when you're dealing with a micromanager, I want you to understand what micromanaging really means. In your personal life, it's going to be you having this excessive control over the people in your life. Um, not delegating to the people in your life. So feeling like you got to do everything because either they don't do it the way you want to, they don't do it the right way, or you just think that they are incapable of doing it at all on their own. It is also this intense focus on details. Why did you do it that way? Did you do it this way? Did you turn this this way? Did you, you know, it's just nitpicking every little detail, um, especially again, if people seem to not do things the way that you do them. So therefore you think that they don't do them correctly. It also is a lack of trust. We all are different. We all do things differently in our lives. And when you decide that you want to have excessive control and nitpick and focus on intense details, what you're showing is not that you are leading, you're showing a lack of trust because in true leadership, whether it be in your personal life or your professional life, you solve the problem 
when you feel like the people in your life don't have the ability to do the things that you need them to do by giving them the tools and the resources and the skills to be able to do what it is that you need them to do. And it's not by you breathing over them, telling them how to do it in your way and then not trusting them, maybe to give them a little bit of room to fail. So it inherently is the undercurrents of micromanagement is a lack of trust. And then what you ultimately have, you could be doing this in your personal life or your professional life is you start to stress everybody out. And it's not just stressful for the people that you are micromanaging, or it's not just stressful for those of you that are under the weight of somebody that is on your neck all the time. The person that is doing the micromanaging, whether they realize it or not, is creating intense stress for themselves as well. So the situation is not healthy for anyone. Now, also in your professional life, you may notice this excessive control. Like if you have a leader or someone you work with that scrutinizes every single detail and leaves any and doesn't leave any room for more independent action, thought, innovation, or creativity. They may feel like they are constantly breathing down your neck, um, breathing down others' neck, where you need to constantly update them, even if it's for the most menial tasks, or making you always feel like you're under a spotlight, but not in a good way, in a way where it makes you feel uncomfortable and makes you feel incompetent and makes you feel like you're someone's child at work, right? And then because, again, you have this pressure breathing down your neck, you don't often have the um, the ability to focus on your routine tasks and do them in a way that highlights the unique and individual skill that you bring to the team. Other ways that you can notice that either you are a micromanager or the person that you're dealing with is a toxic level micromanager are some of the following. And I want to highlight this because you all know that when I'm teaching you these lessons on leadership, leadership goes hand in hand. However you're acting at work or whatever traits you bring at work, you could think that you don't bring your personal drama and your personal stuff and all of the things that you need to work through your shadow side into the way that you do your work, but you do. And so if you have control issues in your personal life, they're going to bleed over into your professional life. And in fact, in speaking with this particular micromanager that inspired this uh, information that I'm sharing with you today, I very bluntly asked if this person thought or had noticed that they were having issues in their personal life. And they said, no. And I knew right away that that was a lack of awareness because in fact, each individual that they worked with, they had to micromanage due to a lack of trust, due to inability to de delegate. And it was causing not only this person stress, and you could see it in this person's physical demeanor, but you could also notice it from the team members. So more things that you're going to notice, especially if you think, oh, you know what, maybe I do it at home. Maybe I helicopter parent a little bit, but when I'm at work, my team is on it. So emotional manipulation. So maybe you don't outwardly say what it is that you want to happen. So you don't think it's, it's controlling, but if you emotionally manipulate, maybe you pout, maybe you give people a silent treatment, maybe you roll your eyes, maybe you go a little bit cold, a little bit distant. 
that's a form of an emotional manipulation that is also a form of micromanagement, toxic micromanagement in some way or another. Maybe it's uh, you asking intrusive questions or having to deal with somebody that's asking you intrusive questions and wanting to know every last single little detail of something, especially something that's not even important. Or you may have somebody that criticizes every little thing that you do. It's like you can't do anything right. You can turn the glass a certain way, which is a minor detail, and they will come for you for that little bit of detail. Um, also, it's about unsolicited advice. Maybe you aren't asking this person for their input and their insight, but yet they you know, if I was you, or you know what, I think you should do this, or you know what, what about this? <laughs> so all of this can be extremely toxic, extremely demeaning, and extremely erosive to your morale and your ability to show up fully in your light, in your personal and your professional life. And here is why it's so toxic and why I decided to make a couple of episodes, a couple of live streams, a couple of articles about this. It's because number one is stifles creativity. So if you want to excel and be your best and you want to be able to shine your light on your team or shine your light in the relationships that you have in your personal life, but you're dealing with somebody that's bringing this behavior into the um, dynamic of the relationships, whether that be professional or personal, then it's not going to elevate you, your performance, or your team to the level that it could be. It stifles your ability to th think freely and also to contribute more creatively. So being in relation with people like this is a hindrance, not only to the overall goal of your organization or whatever, but it also doesn't allow you to be the best that you can be. And you have to think about those type of things as you want to progress from one leadership level to the next, especially if you are doing it within the same company and the person that might be micromanaging you is going to continue to um, be someone that you have to work with or someone that may be leading you in the future. And also, I already mentioned the diminished morale that you may have to face. When you feel like you aren't trusted, I'm sure you already understand what this feels like, but it takes a toll on your motivation and it takes a toll on your job satisfaction. And so even if you are very competent at what you do, and even if you are a good leader and you have good ideas, when you're constantly feeling like you're not trusted, your morale and your lack of satisfaction in your job causes you to be disengaged. And so whether your team knows the dynamics behind why you feel um, a diminished engagement in what it is that you do as a leader, the, the energy is going to be felt long before the words are said, right? And it's the same in your personal life. If you are dealing with a spouse or a friend or a parent or whatever that is imparting their behaviors on you without your solicited feedback, you know, you want them doing it, then you're going to notice that the potential of the relationship in which you are dealing with this micromanaging person is not going to reach the level and the potential that it should. And unfortunately, then it's going to be up to you to decide how much you want to interact with this person while still respecting your own boundaries. You also have this um, 
limited ability to learn. So if you want to excel, something you need to think about, right? Then if you're not going to be able to be creative, if you're not going to be able to be innovative and let your light shine and do things your way, then think about how that's going to hinder you as you try to move to the next level in life. If you're not going to be able to be fully expressed in your personal relationships with other people, then how is it that you're able to truly authentically get the most out of those relationships when you can't show up 100% fully in who you are? Other things that you're going to notice, this is probably the number one thing that causes the most harm when it comes to dealing with the micromanager. And it's all about the impaired relationships. I think that if anything, allowing someone to micromanage you, working with a micromanager, if you're a leader and you've noticing that there's an increased turnover, a lack of collaboration, poor culture, whether that be in your whole um, organization or a certain department, by you allowing that to go on, you are contributing to impaired relationships, which indirectly cause all of the things that I mentioned, but then also directly, it costs you a lot of money because you are allowing this individual to spread their poison within some area of your organization and you're not doing anything about it. And then on a personal level, if you're dealing with someone that is micromanaging you, breathing down your neck, criticizing you over every little detail, all of the things, then the tension, the lack of trust, the lack of intimacy, arguments, all of those things are probably bubbling up from that key micromanaging behavior, which is causing the relationship to be impaired. So let's get into a few tips really quickly about how you can deal with the micromanager. Number one, you have to communicate clearly, and this is not always easy to do in the work relationship, but it is important. And what I would advise if you're dealing with someone as a micromanager is to say it out in the open. And if you don't feel safe with this particular person because the emotional manipulation can be there, because the criticism and um, the lack of respect for who you are as an individual is what is underlying or what is a symptom of this type of behavior, I would say it in an area where there's either like a mediator or maybe in a respectful way in a team meeting. And it's not about you are a micromanager, you need to stop. It's about actually highlighting the behaviors, the criticism of the minor details and how that makes you feel. The wanting to know every little detail, which is stifling your creativity. The unsolicited advice, which then makes you feel like you aren't a valued part of the team. I would address specific behaviors because when you're dealing with something as subjective as this, I think it could get a little bit emotionally sensitive. And I, I just have never seen it be productive to try to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a person that is already controlling and is a micromanager. So 
Open communication is the key, but I would make sure that you do it in an environment where not only you feel safe, you have a third party, but also come with, I, I tell uh, the leaders that I'm coaching, come with your receipts. So that way people understand by specific examples what it is that you're talking about and try to pick more undisputable um, examples if you can. Sometimes it is just going to be about the way that somebody makes you feel, but sometimes you can bring concrete examples of why it is that they make you feel a certain way that is more undisputable. Also set boundaries. If someone is asking you, for instance, and this is where you have to really navigate your professional communication skills and as a side note, if you want to know more about how to deal with difficult personalities, join the Leading in Healthcare Facebook group. I will leave information somewhere. You could just go to yashikaland.com and you'll be able to find a link to join the new Leading in Healthcare Facebook group. But anyway, in that group, I did a exclusive training on how to deal with difficult people. So if you don't know how to navigate setting boundaries in your personal professional life, then I would start there because with a micromanager, you're going to have to set boundaries. And if I could give you an example, it would be if someone asked you to do a task and then they came back and start nitpicking or breathing down your neck or wanted to check in with you every five minutes, a certain type of boundary would be, well, hey, let's have a check-in once a week. I will come to you once a week unless there's something urgent and we will sit down for 30 minutes and we will discuss what's going on with this project. Or you could say, I know that that is the way that you do things, but I have done it this way and I have successfully proven through my results that this can be done your way, but it also also can be done my way. So respectfully, I would like to have the creativity and the space to be able to do it my way. You're going to find that even if that may be something that's hard for you to do, and even if this person may be a little bit intimidating to you or, um, maybe a little bit emotionally manipulative. I've 100% of the time I've seen these type of people back off because they really can't argue with it. If you're going to get the results or if you're getting the results and your work speaks for itself, even if they don't like that you're drawing a line in the sand and setting clear boundaries, they are more apt to still kind of be quiet and back off a little bit. Same in your prefer per your personal life. If somebody is coming at you all the time, you could say, hey, look, I want you to know that I don't like when you come at me about this. And so if you continue to talk to me this way or frequently check up on me or tend not to want to treat me like an adult, then our conversation is going to be over or maybe you're going to limit your interaction with them. Now, here's the kicker, though. When you are dealing with these people and they keep trying to push the boundaries that you asserted, then you may have to communicate over and over again, much like you have to do a child when they're learning how to follow your rules. You might have to tell them a few times that, hey, this is not acceptable. Remember that conversation I had, blah, 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 blah. Stick to your guns. Teach people how to treat you in both your personal and your professional life. And then seek support. A lot of times these situations can get extremely toxic and I have seen them get extremely toxic. So if it's something that's going on at work, please do not be afraid to talk to HR um, about your experiences because they can help you navigate the unique 
regulations and guidelines of your organization on what you do when somebody is treating you this way. But what I've found is that there can be a lot of damage done before somebody will actually move forward and speak out. And so if you notice that this is going on, there has to be someone that is brave enough to speak out and get the conversation going because I'm telling you, these people don't change and it doesn't get better because they don't realize that they are being micromanagers. And if you don't, if you want to understand more about the mind of a micromanager, then go back and read the article that I wrote a few weeks ago about um, <laughs> stop driving everybody crazy because it'll help you understand why they may not understand what they're doing is controlling and detrimental because micromanaging behaviors stems from some deeper things going on within the psyche around perfectionism, around fear of failure and all that type of stuff. And you're not going to fix these deep-seated issues through um, trying to have a conversation with them, thinking that they have a level of self-awareness to say, okay, you know what? They may back off, but that tendency will still be there until they are dealing with the things that are going on deeper within who they are as a person. So now, how do you professionally tell them to stop? Choose the right time. In the heat of the moment, when the person is getting on your nerves, that is not the right time to flip out out of frustration or anger because it's not going to go very well and it's going to get more emotional rather than staying more neutral more calm and more objective so make sure when you do want to talk to this person whether that be with a third party or whether you need to set boundaries or reassert boundaries choose the right moment to discuss the concerns so that it could be uh feel like a more safe environment with less distractions Again, you hear this in psychology all the time, but make sure you own how they are making you feel with your I statements. So you don't say you're a micromanager. You say when you feel, when you do this to me, this is how it makes me feel because they're not going to agree with you or else they wouldn't be a micromanager in the first place. And then alters offer, not alter, offer solutions. So and I gave you an example of offering a solution. If you have someone, for instance, that is breathing down your neck every five minutes, the solution would be, an alternate solution would be, well, hey, how about, it seems like you really care about this project and you're worried about the outcome of this project. And I want you to know it's as important to me as it is to you. So how about we do a check-in once a week and just kind of see where we're at and go from there? That's offering a solution um, in your personal life. Maybe some, your, let's say your mother is still mothering you, like over mothering you and you're grown a person. Then you could say, hey, you know what? I know that you're my mother and I know that you care about me, but you're making me feel like a child and I'm an adult. So how about you don't give me advice on this or you don't give me your suggestions about this unless I ask you. Again, it's going to be uncomfortable. They might get a little bit of attitude with you, but what's the worst? If that's the worst that can happen, that's going to be much better than you continuing to play out the dynamics of micromanaging, micromanaging by being micromanaged, um, which is actually not creating and fostering an authentic relationship with, say, 
this mother of yours that is overly controlling. Now, also, again, make sure you go and um, check out that episode I did on how to deal with difficult people, because I also kind of just not only talked about the micromanaging aspect, but then how do you continue to deal with these behaviors that are a part of someone that's being difficult or micromanaging? Thirdly, is micromanaging a form of abuse? And it can be. And this is why if you know somebody like this in your organization, you can't be silent about it because it's costing you directly and it's costing you indirectly. Micromanagement gets so bad sometimes that it borders on emotional and psychological abuse and nobody should have to come to work and have to deal with emotional or psychological abuse while they're trying to do their job to contribute to your department, your organization, your mission, your vision. So it's up to you to nip it in the bud. Again, and if you don't understand what micromanaging is, or you can't quite tell if that's what's eroding your team, if you're noticing increased turnover, stress, tension, decreased performance, lack of collaboration, lack of creativity, lack of innovation, my first thought as a leader for you, if you're the leader of this situation or this is going on on your team, look around and see, is there some micromanaging going on on the team? Um, it, it's just a clue for a level of self-awareness that you can bring into your personal and your professional life. It also impacts the mental and emotional well-being of the people on your team or your emotional well-being and your satisfaction. And I've seen it even cause health concerns, again, not just for you, the person that's being micromanaged, but because this person has these underlying trust issues, control issues stemming from deeper things, they also are unknowingly causing this stress and physical uh, detriment to their health as well, health and well-being as well. So let's say it's really, really bad. You need to, you know, talk to HR. You need to have the third-party conversations. You need to figure out where you need to assert your boundaries and have these difficult conversations. But in the meantime, this person has already crossed over from just getting on your nerves to being toxic. Document everything. Do not talk to this person face-to-face unnecessarily. Do not have conversations with this person unnecessarily. And I know that you think that what I'm telling you is not constructive, but if this person has already crossed the line to being toxic, then this is somebody that you can now not trust. They are probably bordering or already can... Um, doing a little bit of emotional manipulation. And so for you, you need to have documents of everything. So whether that be in a Teams chat, whether that be email, anything that's important, any follow-up conversations, say you did have to have a conversation, I would recap in an email. What you want is detailed records of your interactions with these people, with instructions that you've given these people. If you have this conversation where you have to assert boundaries or you've told them how you feel, follow that up, document it, you want to have receipts in case there are disputes 
disputes that you may need to have later through um, HR or in case they start to then become even more abusive and then they start to stir up more stuff, you actually have documentation to show what truly went down. And remember, talk to HR. If you can't trust HR or you feel like your HR team and your organization is ineffective, talk to uh, someone you could trust in your organization. And you even have rights to talk to people outside of your organization. There are... Um, state enacted um, labor laws, uh, you know, labor, I don't know, committees, I don't know what the official term is for it, but you have resources that you can tap into that as well. Choose your battle wisely. Don't get in fights with these people. It could be exhausting. Their energy is already going to be exhausting for you. So to sit there and fight every good fight with them, anytime that they're wrong or anytime that they're micromanaging is going to be training. So if it's somebody that you care about in your personal life, limit your ability to fight back to the things that matter the most, right? Don't have every fight. If your mom is like, you didn't do the ham right. Okay, whatever lady, you do the ham then. Next time you do the ham. <laughs> but if it's something about, you know, not letting you have the freedom that you need to be the person that you want to be, then that's something worth fighting for. You know, at work, if your boss wants you to put things in 11 font times new Roman with one inch borders. And you know that nobody can read 11 font and you want to do 12 font. Sometimes that is just give them what they want. But if it's something where they are truly eroding the team and causing problems, pick your battles. And this is more to protect you than it is to um, protect them. And then demonstrate independence dependence. Make sure, this is the thing that I noticed. Sometimes some of you have, again, I don't think that micromanaging is a an effective style of leadership, whether it be a parent wanting to make sure they oversee every detail of their kid's life to make sure they just don't have to experience any harm or they do everything just right or whatever. Or is somebody at work that is asserting these same behaviors, I think if you have been somebody that has not been reliable in the past, or if you are somebody that is not on point, then what you also need to do is make sure that you're on point. Make sure that the things that maybe you weren't so good at, that people have as low-hanging fruit for you in your personal and your professional life is cleaned up and you start to do things with a level of ethics, a level of integrity, a level of trust, a level of impeccability so that not only are you demanding to be treated a certain way, but the way that you show up and the results that you create and the life that you live says that you deserve to be treated the way that you are demanding to be treated. Because <laughs> some of you are a hot mess, or maybe you've been a hot mess and you ain't got it all together, but you still think that because you crossed the milestone like adulthood, that people need to treat you like an adult. Anyway, so want to go ahead and close this out. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and put them in the LinkedIn comment box. Um, otherwise, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. So last thing that I wanted to talk about for those of you, if you want to understand more about the micromanager in your life, 
they're not just micromanaging you because they don't have trust in you or they don't want you to do a good job. There are people that think that because they micromanage, it's going to make the project more effective, the team more effective, the organization more effective, your child more effective, your husband more effective, your daughter more effective, like all of those things. When really it is a symptom of issues that you, if you're the micromanager, need to deal with or the micromanager needs to deal with. And this is why it's really hard to fight with somebody that is nitpicking every little detail and has control issues. It's because they have insecurity. You're not going to... Uh, you're not going to solve somebody's insecurity with a conversation, especially one conversation. They have a fear of failure or a lack of confidence in your abilities or in their own ability to be a leader that can have a team that can produce results. And so they want to make sure that they can control every little aspect of every little thing. There is a lack of trust. If you are a micromanager, if you're dealing with a micromanager, again, you're not going to solve lack of trust in a couple of conversations, but it stems from the belief that you or they are the only person that's going to be able to do the job the right way. Perfectionism, which stems all the way back to self-love and all of the things, but the need for things to be flawless leading to excessive oversight has to do with, again, more of a feel, fear of failure and all of the other things that they have, may have had to deal with in their life around love, respect, trust, abandonism, um, all of the things that so you're not going to fix it. And then um, control issues is difficulty relinquishing controls and allowing others to contribute. So that's all I wanted to say about this topic this is all about some things that you could do if you are dealing with a micromanager. If you want to have like it in paper format so you could just print it off and remember what I spoke about, then make sure you go back and read the article. If you didn't see it on LinkedIn, it's also on the blog about how to survive a micromanager that's toxic. Also, if you are noticing trust issues, intimacy issues, stress, tension in your personal life, then I always teach people anytime something doesn't feel right, that is a clue to wake up, but it's not a clue to look outside of you to see what's wrong with the people in your life and why all this tension is there. It's a clue for you to go internally for some self-awareness so that you can reflect on what is the dynamic you play in the relationships that are leading to the stress, the lack of trust, the tension, the lack of intimacy and all that. Because what you may find is that you, in fact, may be the person that is the micromanager, whether it be directly or more through emotional manipulation. And that's a whole different story. So as we move into 2024, if you want help, you know that your work life is not on point. Maybe you know your professional life is not on point and you need help navigating the both so that you can live more authentic and meet your full potential in whatever area of life you want and you want help and assistance with coaching, then I do have a few slots open for coaching. You can reach out to me. You can email me. My email is yashika at the Lynn Group LLC.com. You can message me wherever you're watching this video, wherever you're listening, and I can let you know more about coaching if you wanted to take one of the few slots that are available. Otherwise, I will talk to you shortly. Um, take care and have a good holiday. Bye.